everyone and welcome to the Burgess podcast, the show where we are opening up conversations about life at sea, discussing hot topics within the industry, as well as offering mental health support and promoting well-being for crew. We also have our very own in-house recruitment team, so if you or anyone you know is currently looking for a new position, please send your updated CV to recruitment at burgessyachts.com or check out our recruitment posts on Instagram at Burgess Yacht Crew. Hi, and welcome to the last episode in our series for Mental Health Awareness Week. For this episode, we are talking about insurance coverage, which is available for seafarer mental health and the importance of early diagnosis. So Charles, we've had a a few questions about insurance coverage. The biggest question is, does the yacht insurance cover mental health illness? I know you touched on it earlier, but does it offer full coverage for mental illness? What cover does it provide? The answer is it should, but a few don't. I've already said in the past that uh, you know this is a, a medical illness. There's no special category under MRC for, for, for mental illness. Uh, your medical cover needs to be covered. I do see some policies some um, old from old framework that do exclude mental health cover, but they really shouldn't. Uh, and if you have a policy that does, it's probably derived from a 1990s wording that just has never been upgraded, updated. So if you focus on the 90%, once you get into the Burgess managed fleet, I'd almost say it's 100%. And, and the points we can repeat is it, it's just a medical illness um, and there's no separate subcategory for mental health. Our own Burgess wording, which again, uh, quite a few yachts see, um, and I think Captain Mike has seen it, on page four, it then really boldly says, here's a pot of money for mental health. And what we used to see in the past is that when it was hidden down on page 2021 as a little line item crew didn't really know it was there and the only medical mental health claims we had were very serious ones you know attempted suicide and we've talked in the past about how that really affects the entire crew clearly poor crew member who's had the uh, incident but it drags in and drags down the, the entire crew um, and so what we wanted to do is crew to know the same pot of money is there but we've drawn it up into the policy so they can start claiming and investigating what it is much sooner. And we'd far rather a crew member had an early phone call to diagnose and to seek treatment than the very serious um, claims we have seen in the past. And this isn't to, again, we talked about saving money for the owner. This is purely meant to alleviate the crew's uh, suffering. We'd far rather they had it through early diagnosis. And modern methods uh, can be done over the phone and then you start in saying, well, you're disrupting the boat less and you're not going ashore and all that, all those benefits. But really, it is beneficial for the crew to have this diagnosed earlier. In this sentence, I've said a few things twice. One is it's a normal mental uh, medical ailment. And the second is diagnosis. It's a diagnosis that triggers all the support benefits that then flow. So how does, um, how does a captain has a crew member on board who is suffering from mental health, how do they get some that person into the insurance system? Yeah, I think this is, again, a trend from maybe five, ten years ago to now. When I first started in this uh, field, captains would say, I've sent someone home to, uh, to, to have some rest for their mental health, which, which seemed kind, but without a diagnosis, the other treatments didn't follow. And it may, you know, sending someone phone for, for two weeks, maybe too short or too long a time, that, that there's no real science behind it. So I think the first thing to do is is have it diagnosed. And this can be uh, a phone call 
for the crew member on the yacht. They don't need to go to a hospital. They don't need to go ashore. They don't need to go home. We can set up telephone diagnosis. And I think, of course, if it showed serious mental health issues, then there'd be a follow-up assessment ashore. But I think going back to trying to make this as easy as possible and disrupt the yacht as least, and make the initial inquiry as low-grade as possible to stop the mental uh, barrier to, to making a claim, so the crew member in their cabin can be given a phone number to say, ring this and, and just talk it over. I think that sort of telephone service has massively improved post-COVID because in the entire world, um, anxiety and mental health has afflicted all employees, not, not just crew employees. And so the support structure and the diagnostic structure behind these telephone inquiry systems is much improved. We at Burgess have our own mental health phone line. I, I called it because I think we all need to know as people in management what happens when you call these lines. And it seemed a very good, very open, very honest conversation. And so all I'd encourage crew with the earliest inkling of just this gut feeling that for a few months they haven't been right, make the phone call uh, and get this process started. And if you need to be escalated and if more resources need to be thrown at it and if you need to be repatriated and you need to have X weeks off work, that can all follow. But the very first thing is to have the diagnosis. And I think the way that we have been talking about this shows that the stigma amongst people who are in the conversation is not there. And so if the crew member feels isolated, as soon as they get into the system and hear our voices and hear a medical professional who does this all the time and it's normal to them and normalises their process, um, is a great assistance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so, yeah, how, how would the crew member get access to that, to that telephone number that you, you, you're referring to? If the system works correctly, um, each insurance policy tends to have an emergency phone number. Uh, and they would call it and say, this is my condition or this is my suspected condition. Please, may I know the resources you can bring? Uh, and the reason why we sort of centralise that is because these companies have global distribution networks and get you people in different time zones, different resources. Uh, and they look at the entire life cycle of claim, not the first call. They, they might say, actually, it, it sounds like you're further along the process and you need to go short. So that that is the prescribed way. If there's any sensitivity to it, then you can come direct to your Burgess employee or the insurance team and just say, you know, this is personal sensitive. Can we have a closed channel communication? I think at some stage, and we'd educate crew from the start, your, your captain needs to know. He needs to know that his crew can stand watch and, and um, wants to know the ailments of any of his crew. But we can do that with their permission uh, at the timing of their choosing. So yeah, if it if the emergency phone number doesn't come to a satisfaction or seems too big a leap to an unknown third party, then then do come through your um your your Burgess network and we can get similar similar phone calls. Okay, another specific question I've had uh, from from a captain is, um, I found it very hard to find therapists who are available to talk to crew when needed. What is the easiest, quickest way of organising this? So I, I, th- I think we go back to the phone call and I also then reiterate the point about post-COVID, those phone calls are better because it's not just now a, well, it never was, but it's not, we're not talking in a yacht context now. Everything's grown on the resources behind this um, anxiety, mental health in the workplace um, across all industries. So I do think the telephone psychiatric assessment has improved. And then if it's coming from the captains, 
don't forget your P&I liability insurance. So the P&I clubs have a representative in every port. And again, it's their job to deal with these sort of incidents. And when we have an incident, we then get the local representative to come to the captain. And two things it does. One, it's a professional who can talk and sound on board with the captain looking into the yacht, but also they're looking away from the yacht. They know the port they're in, the port authorities, the resources in the port, and can make knowledgeable decisions. So rather than having an emergency response unit in London going down their list and saying, our list says X in port, Y is best for you, the person who comes along, the port representative from the PNI club, has real knowledge, um, current knowledge of the of the port and where to go. So I think that the, the two ways, one, I do have faith in the telephone psychiatric assessment, but don't forget the huge resource the liability underwriters have actually getting a body on the boat. And especially when it gets serious um, and you're talking about repatriating people, um, then again, they they can hold the hand onto the plane uh, and meet with the... Normally, if you're repatriating someone through mental health after a serious event, they have to be accompanied. And so you fly someone from their home to meet them and these local representatives can, can join them up. Okay, so the insurance covers that person to the family member or whoever to to fly out to the yacht to accompany the crew member home. Yeah, um, it it may not be family member. It it may be uh, a nurse. It, it all depends. But yes, that would be covered on the medical policy, and then the liability policy wants to protect any further fallout to an owner, effectively through getting it wrong, and to a yacht. These are one-off events that they have little experience in, and as much as the training is improving. To have someone who just does it for a living, sees it all the time, is a hugely reassuring um, presence for, for the captain. Yeah. And it's good to know as well that there is that shoreside um, help because sometimes, you know, depending on, on what the seafarer is going through, a telephone assessment's great, but sometimes they just need somebody to talk to face to face. So to know that that is available as well is, is good to know. I think COVID was a um, a very unique proving ground, but you had boats, large boats, large crew trapped in far-flung places of the world, not able to get across their next border and have crew starting to suffer through mental health. And then to have someone in these very remote locations tap on the boat side and said, I'm the underwriter's representative in this, in this location. How can we help? How can we get them back? I think just normalises the process uh, and says that this situation is so unique in its severity but but not in its existence and we, we, we can assist and then when you read on a website and it says you can't repatriate crew during covid and yet the local guy says well i know i know how to do it again having that local representative is very useful yeah okay i don't have any other questions about insurance unless anyone else does or unless charles you have anything that you want to expand on the only thing I'd expand on is to sort of reiterate, it's like become dull in my reiteration, it is just a medical health issue. You have medical health insurance, um, but the key trigger is a diagnosis. So I, we, we've talked long about operational implications, but the first step of getting looked at, making that phone call, uh, should not be um, overly high in your head. So please just, just start the process with, with love, lots and lots of little phone calls and very few uh, big incidents. The one, the one point that I would like to raise, which is a, it sounds slightly attacking, but it's not meant to be, is more an educational perspective, is the limits on mental health cover in many insurance policies that I see. So I see m- many more policies than the ones that Charles deals with. Is the limits on mental health conditions and coverage is much lower 
than for, say, a medical condition. And I have found that uh, quite frustrating and limiting. But when I've spoken to insurance companies about this before, their response has always been people just don't use this part of the insurance. It is available to them, but they don't use it. So the limits never seem to go up because they are setting the limits on usage. And while I'm not saying everybody should just all pile on to using that part of the insurance, is we can't get the limit to increase until people actually start using it. I, I too have heard what I consider false logic by an underwriter. If you have an area of cover that's never used, why don't you set the limit high and then tell everybody you have a high limit as a sales point, knowing it will never be used. And so I think for underwriters to rein it back when it needs to be covered due to MLC, they're setting themselves up for a fall. And so is the individual broker recommending them. Our wording we commonly use makes no distinction. And so there is no lower inner limit. So, so it is definitely worth checking what a specific limit is. And to hear on this podcast, there are better uh, providers, not, not just the ones that we, we use, but, but many better providers. So um, if you find a hole in this cover, don't be fobbed off by saying this is where it is. So if you read through the MCA doctor's uh, manual, there is a very clear flow chart to follow through on mental health issues. And unfortunately, due to the, the nature of this industry and that it is it has to be very safe, safety um, focused, people with mental health conditions can be considered unsafe in certain environments. So what tends to happen with people who have been signed off with a mental health condition, signed off sick, with a mental health condition, they will have their ENG frozen at that point. It'll be put on hold. It won't be withdrawn. And then depending on the assessment of the crew over the coming months, the seafarer medical doctor will then determine whether that person is fit to go to sea straight away, fit to go to sea with a three-month break, fit to go see with a six-month break or permanently unfit. And that takes a long period of assessment. As I said, it is vital that the person gets diagnosed correctly because if this is purely a stress-related illness that is just a a, a one-off provoked by something that's happened in their lives that is not considered a mental health illness and so that would not necessarily as long as the person makes a full recovery and they get signed fit to return to work then as long as the crew member is open with their ENG doctor their seafarer medical doctor then they will be signed fit for work once they are fit for work However, if it is a serious mental health condition, then this takes much more assessing and the seafarer medical doctor will do the assessment with the crew member's medical health practitioner and they will make a determination involving the crew member about what is going to be best for their future um, health and well-being. 
but that can often take several months and in some cases it can take more than a year but it is important to remember that the crew members mental health is the primary focus here and they need to be fit and healthy to get back to work. So I guess this uh, highlights again the importance of early diagnosis and um, you know the crew talking about how they're feeling and what they're struggling with early on to stop it from escalating to that level where it becomes a, a problem with getting a, a, a seafarer's medical. Absolutely, yeah. And also just having that kind of understanding, you know, a lot of these talks, a lot of the conversations we have are about breaking stigmas. And this will be one of them. You know, you can hide mental health illness because it's going on inside of you. Maybe you just kind of pull yourself together, do the ENG one because you need to get back on the boat. But you actually shouldn't be getting back on the boat in the same way as trying to accelerate your healing process when you've had a broken arm. But you think, oh, gosh, well, I'm just going to forget all the physio and just throw myself into a season doesn't mean that you're fit to work it just means that you're you're probably going to cause problems further down the line so accepting that you know eng ones have your best intentions at heart and also the the good working running practices of a boat you need to be fit and healthy we understand that it's a very physical it's a very demanding job it's also a very uh, demanding job with mental health um, issues isolation lots of traveling all of that kind of stuff living in close quarters so I think yeah this is going to be a, a much larger hurdle for a lot of people just because they're worried that they won't be able to get the ENG one and they won't be able to get work, that should indicate something to you. Even though you feel that you are ready to go back on the boat, you wouldn't necessarily go to task or hide from a doctor who said to you, no, a broken arm takes six weeks to heal, therefore you will need six weeks off. But again, that kind of, it's a societal misunderstanding that there's mental health in one box and it's completely unrelated to physical health. They are all connected. There is no health without mental health. Thanks, Emma. I think that's a really poignant place to end our Mental Health Awareness Week. We're all facing different struggles every day and I think we can all agree that it's been an extra tough couple of years for everyone. So it's really great that we have all come together to encourage conversations about mental health and to help break the stigma. It's been really great to have so many perspectives on how this affects all crews. So thank you all so much for taking part. And if you are listening and struggling with your mental health, please remember that there are support networks available to you. We have shared details of some of these groups on our Instagram page, so please do get in touch with them if you need someone to talk to. 